This is a trigger warning. This episode contains conversations about suicide and eating disorders. Through the link on our Instagram bio, we have listed hotlines, info pages, and support resources we think might be helpful. So if you are looking for support and don't have the resources, please use the link and hopefully you will find what you need there. Take care of yourself and if you need to, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. We are here for you and understand if you can't listen to the rest of this podcast. Sending you all love. Filtered. Hi everybody, welcome back to Filtered. I'm Sharon. I'm Benita. I'm Celine. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Hannah. So we have a special guest today. Her name is Ashley Joy. Hey guys. So today's um, filter um, topic is going to be a little bit different. So we're going to be a little bit vulnerable today and in fact, unfiltered. Okay. (laughs) So come on this journey with us. So Ashley is a senior manager in a revenue recognition and analytics. So basically she's (laughs) smart. I couldn't even, honestly, I couldn't even say half those words together. That was a mouthful. Um, She's also a leader and mentor to the young woman at our church. And she's also an author of a children's book, guys. How cool. So go get your own copy of Nikki Wonders Why, (laughs) the beginning. She's also a mother and wife to her wonderful kids and husband. So welcome, Ashichi. Thank you. Hi, welcome. Welcome. I'll have to block all of you on LinkedIn for stalking me. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. We, what? How'd you know it was from there? (laughs) How do you know my title is so long? There's no other way. (laughs) Listen, we do our research. I appreciate it. I respect that. Okay. Also, she also did her, has her CPA. That's a very big accomplishment. She's Ooh, smart. Wow. She Basically, she's double smart. <laughs> so thank you again for coming on this um special podcast because it's something we haven't done yet. So this one's a little bit different where we talk about your experience with um mental health. And it's just we're so excited that you said yes because a lot of people are not willing to like come and share their experiences because it's just so hush hush and I don't know what I guess I do know why because like people don't want to like see you differently Mm -hmm. right because that's that's at least with me right I don't want to share my experiences for the longest time because I don't want to seem weak or whatever I don't know about you guys but I think it's just so brave and amazing that you came on to share your experience thank you um, I mean, I appreciate being on. I, I think it's a worthy topic to talk about because now I have a daughter who's growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like some of those things that maybe I haven't thought about in 20 years, now I need to rethink about and address. So mm-hmm. if it's a still relevant topic for people and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it's worth talking about. Can you give us some insight into when your like struggle with mental health began and what specifically you have um, may have struggled with 
sure. during that time. So, okay. So we're all born in the Malayali community. So mm-hmm. I, it, it goes without saying yeah. like we're raised with high expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Like 100%, you know, right. And if that 5% yeah. is missing, what happened to it? Is like yes. what happens, oh right? <laughs> so um, I think that goes without saying. So I don't necessarily think I'm different in that way. I think the reason that I went through the struggle or maybe like what kind of triggered it for me was within the two years between the time that I was 12 to 14, I moved towns, schools, friends, family, churches, um, and moved to a place where I knew nobody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was extremely hard. I kind of felt like the ground beneath me gave way, right? Mm -hmm. So like everything that we use right now, or all of you, even if you thought about it, that you use to identify yourself, right? Like Malayali, Pentecostal, right? You go to so-and-so church, you're related to so-and-so. Where I moved, none of that mattered, right? Mm -hmm. So my whole identity kind of just disappeared. And then I had people who who are meeting for the first time in suburbia try and define Mm -hmm. me right? Like, oh, you're from Queens. Like, oh, you must be doing this. Like, oh, we're going to set you up with this person because your race. Like, it was just a different setup for me. And there were Mm -hmm. Indian kids in my school, but like a handful of them that I eventually got close with. But I think in the beginning, um, it was just like a a little bit of a culture shock for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though I knew in the back of my mind, my parents probably did this with the best Mm -hmm. intentions. I just had so much rage. Like I was just so angry. Um, And, you know, then the people I left would be upset with me. Right. So it was just like, like I had to deal with everyone else's emotions and my own. And it was Mm -hmm. at the age when you're just trying to figure out who you are and you're so impressionable, um, which is what I think caused this. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because um, I know in our community, like saying, because I would say, like, I'm depressed, like, I'm going through something. And people Mm -hmm. would be like, What are you talking about? Like, you have everything, right? Including my parents. Like, literally, we just moved into this house. You have your own room now. Like, you're just being spoiled. Or people at church who maybe were new to the country would say, like, What do you know about struggle? right? Because Mm. you didn't just come from India and have to acclimate to, you know, so I kind of felt like a brat talking about it. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I was just so angry at the world that I um, knew that I needed help to some extent. Um, And, and I think that's basically what triggered it. So like you said, you'd like told people you were dealing with depression. Was there other like, mental health struggles that you were dealing with like what specifically were you what do you mean by like this issue is what was triggered what was that issue so depression I was Mm -hmm. suicidal and I had developed an eating disorder and this was all like 13 and 15 yeah between 13 so yeah almost 15 that's crazy like that people are dealing with this so young yeah was there like a specific instance when you realized that you were struggling with an eating disorder yeah so I I went to my um, school counselor at the middle school I can't believe that's how young I was Um, when this was happening I went to the middle school counselor I think my concern there was more just like the depression and suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. um, because I think 
I just figured like we're born as children of God, right? Like <laughs> I'm like, I don't want God to be mad at me, but I also need somebody to check in and make sure that I'm okay because I'm like really contemplating mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, and so I did check in with the counselor, um, but I don't think I told them that I was mm-hmm. struggling with eating. I don't really think I told anybody that. Mm-hmm. Um because I think it was a way for me, trying not to cry. Um, I think it was a way for me to, I was so angry that I thought like, I must deserve this. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just like turned it on myself because I couldn't explode outwardly because that wasn't an appropriate expression, right? Like in my house Mm -hmm. at church, like who was I gonna explode to or at? So I kind of just exploded at myself because I was so angry. So I just thought like, I must deserve this. And this is the, and I think it gave me a sense of control because everything Mm -hmm. was so out of control. Um, So at least like I could control the process. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I was also like, okay, well, if I'm not going to kill myself, then I'm like, not in these terms at that time. But now that I think about it, Mm -hmm. I'm like torturing myself. Yeah in Mm -hmm. a way kind of it's like destructive behavior right did you talk about the situation with your counselor first before your parents like did you ever bring your parents involved in this or like did you talk to them and they kind of like not dismissed it but like were they just like oh okay like pray like you know or did they go straight to the counselor I think I I don't remember the exact timeline I like I I was like clearly rude to my parents so they must have known that something was up but I don't know if Mm -hmm. they thought it was like I don't even know if they contemplated Mm -hmm. the word depression right um I think I was just like I would ask them I'm like why was I even born like why did you bring me into this world or I'd be like um what would I say Mm -hmm. I wish I could just say right and they would just be like Mm -hmm. sometimes they'd be angry and they'd be like you're being such a brat right like you're in a hungari um other times they'd just be like "Mm, we did this for you right Mm -hmm. like this is for your benefit like you have so much compared to other people um and like again I wasn't like I understand so my problem is I'm an empath so like I get where they were coming from right like they weren't just being horrible to be horrible Mm -hmm. they really thought they were keeping me safe keeping me out of trouble like giving me my own room like I eventually they got me my own car like they thought they were treating me well yeah um and so I know that my mom caught on to my not eating because of course moms do right like so she'd be like Eddie like you know this is not good and and I know she kind of dieted strictly too when she first came to the U.S. um so she'd be like, look, like, I've done this, like, this doesn't end up good, you shouldn't do this. Um, or she'd like, complain to my dad, like, she's not eating, my dad would be like, okay, like, leave her alone, she'll eat kind of thing. Um, and I'm sure they were praying, but I don't think I ever said to them, I'm depressed, I'm suicidal, like in that but that like, that's when you went to your counselor and, and went yeah. that way. Yeah, so then I went to my counselor, because I just was like, it's so not my normal, right? Um, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I just need to talk to somebody. Um, and the counselor was just a school counselor. And honestly, most of what she did was just basically be mm. like, oh, so how did that make you feel? Or Did you think uh, the counselor helped you? I think me talking about it out loud helped mm-hmm. me, right? Because mm-hmm. then I would say in those sessions, like, 
to her, I'd say, but don't worry, I'm not going to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think part of that was to me to be like, okay, you're feeling this way, but you're not going to do it. Like you shouldn't do it. Um, So I think verbalizing it definitely helped. You know how you would say, like, you would tell your parents, like, I want to die and comments like commentary like that. I feel like right now it's like so common for everyone, even kids to just say it and throw that word around so loosely, but you actually don't understand how many people kind of mean it and there's like meaning behind it, but because it's like a joke now to like say that word or not even a joke, it's just like slang. It is. How many people are like, I'm going to kill myself when something happens? Yeah. 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 Like in the back of your mind, you have to be like, wait, is there some weight behind these words or are they just saying it because everybody says it? How common it is, is is so true. It's so true. And it's like younger and younger. Yeah. It's very scary how young, like how even you were saying in middle school is when you went. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that is like so insane that like your people are so young. Kids are so young and they're feeling this kind of way. They even know what this feeling is, you know? Right. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And I that age is just so impressionable. And I feel like because that's like the age of like preteens and teenagers and parents just think they're hormonal, angsty teenagers. I don't know what to do with them because I sure know my parents are like when I was that age, they're like, she's just going through it. <laughs> just let her go through it. I'm sure she'll be OK in a couple of years. But like, how are parents supposed to be like, okay, this is not just an angsty teenager. This is somebody that I right. need to help. Like, how can they like notice the signs and symptoms and be like, okay, yeah. I need to do something. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So I think when it comes to the eating disorder, I would um, probably watch what they're eating. Right. Um, and then just their behavior and attitude towards food. Um, luckily, thank God right now, my kids love Mm -hmm. food. They're picky, but they, you know, like there are things Mm -hmm. I know they like to eat. Now, if they start giving up their favorites, Mm -hmm. then I think I would be worried, um, like a a quick drop in weight loss, right? Like I know when my kids haven't eaten lunch, like I'll be like, you didn't eat today. Like, what can I make you, you know? (laughs) Um, Because you can just kind of see it on them. Um, The depression. So this is like, I think a good one, even for your friends to keep an eye on. So, and there's a couple of things, like some people will say like, I'm depressed, but then use it just to like, have their way. Right. Uh, Which I think is more like toxic, Mm -hmm. and they're not actually depressed. They just have like, probably mental health issues to work out. Um, But somebody who's like, depressed, and then withdrawn, right? Like you notice they stop hanging out. They stop talking to you. They stop talking to everyone. They spend a lot of time in their room, in the dark. They're giving, and then the, when it gets really bad, it's like when they start giving away their favorite things, right? And like being like, well, I don't need this anymore. They lose their passion. Yeah. Um, that's when you should be worried. Like when they start giving away their earthly belongings, like that's like a, you need to call like somebody right then and there um but even like withdrawn and or like it's fine everybody gets moody but if that mood is not shifting right um I think it's something to be concerned about and something to raise um I guess what I'd say is I'd rather have somebody mad at me for um acting too soon than not have acted at all definitely yeah I feel like sometimes it's so hard to notice Mm -hmm. the symptoms and signs because First of all, you're not with the same people every single day and like your parents are not always around you. And like, for example, me, I'm so good at hiding everything. 
you can hide it so easily nobody will ever know and even like you can make excuses for things where people will not even notice that anything's going around and that anything's happening around you and so it's like as a friend or parent like just taking extra time to notice those small things notice like picking up on the smallest even the smallest things like just picking up on those symptoms and signs because you don't know how people good people are hiding at things and like I mean, go with your gut, like if all else, right? Like go with your gut. Did you ever get like annoyed when your parents or like anyone would come up? Like you have siblings, right? Did they ever come up to you and say anything? Like, did you ever, were you ever just like, leave me alone? Like, I don't want to talk about it. There were times with my parents where if I was just so frustrated and like, if I, you know, had a a moment or flipped out or whatever I'd be in my room and be like don't talk to me leave me alone um so what would you do in that situation if like your friend or your like even parent or kid right if they're like leave me alone don't talk to me would like as a person that's trying to help would should I we leave them alone like would you want to be left alone or do you wish someone actually like, kept going at it I think that initially a couple of minutes to cool off right? If it's a scenario where things need to cool off is helpful, but don't ever give up on them. Like they'll tell you to leave you alone, but they don't actually mean that because it's such a lonely feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really lonely place. And then it depending, I guess, on exactly what you're struggling yeah. with. Like you start to think that nobody cares. I feel like um, this topic is just so, remember when you were like oh I don't know if it's like relevant to right now I think it's very relevant to right now because I think a lot of people no matter like it could be 20 30 40 years ago and they will be still feeling the same way today it'll just be like shifting from magazines to now it's more accessible right like I have it in the palm of my hands scrolling scrolling seeing all of this whatever I'm like Mm -hmm. taking in like right there and it could be like in the middle of the night when no one's around and it's I feel like it's just more like for kids especially these days it's just more accessible to be um like filled with all of this like negativity and I feel so bad for them too because I feel like me included I feel like that we're not doing enough like of a good job like to our kids and being like you don't you're perfect like you know like even if you don't see it like you are and I feel like we should be a little bit more vocal about that, you know? I agree. I feel like there yeah. it really needs to be talked a lot of, more about, like, because if these problems, like, you're very, like, the fact that you even went to speak to your counselor was, like, a good thing in itself, that you were able to even open up about it and that you wanted to seek that help because there's so many kids or even adults, like, it's not just kids that feel this way, like, it's adults, too. Like there's so many people that keep that so hidden that and it, they never talk about it, that it just keeps building up until like they're much older and it comes out in the worst ways possible, you know? So like even now, like like kids like in our church, right? Or kids in our family, right? Like it needs to be brought up. Otherwise it's gonna stay with them forever and ever. Like in that, in the fact that you were in middle school and yes, it's so like sad that you have to go to the counselor but I'm so happy that you even like went to a counselor because even I'm not going to say back then 
but <laughs> even like okay, in that, <laughs> even in that time like that it was like it's hush hush now but it was even more hush hush back then for sure you know yeah so it's like the fact that you even went to go get that help that was like amazing in itself yeah I mean I think it's just because like I've all so I'm going to talk about God right because I've always felt a calling on my life right um since I was a kid like I've always been like I got baptized at 10 filled with the Holy Spirit at 10 like I was always driven to know God more and um I think in the years like the formative years of my identity like things gave way so um I think though what I learned when I was young kind of stuck with me right like I knew that God is the answer why God's forsaken me at this time I don't understand but I know that that there is a God, right? Like I didn't stop believing in a God. I think I was just very angry at God um, for taking away everything in my life. But um, I couldn't deal with the fact that like not living would mean not being with God at the end, right? Because I, I think at that time, I definitely thought that like, if I killed myself, then God would never let me into heaven kind of thing. Like I had that um, thought in my head. But looking back on it now, I definitely think that, like, I always think about it. I'm like, if I was so dumb at that age, and I use the word dumb, but that's not what I mean. If I had given in to what was bothering me at that time, I would not have today. I would not have today all the things I have today, all the Mm. people in my life, like all of you guys, like all of those things that when I felt like there is no future, I could not have even imagined a future like this, right? And that's how you know, like, God has so many things in store for you that you can't even think about, like, in your own mind, like, you can't even fathom. And I think the the whole point, I think, even to convey today is, like, your identity in Christ, right? The more that you know who you are in Jesus, the more you will be protected from giving in to any other voice right um and I think because that was in me in such a young age which is why it's so important right like and something I try to we try to teach our kids today is like have a relationship with God it doesn't mean you're not gonna go through the struggle but you're not gonna he's not gonna walk away from you right and so going through some of these things like I realized like there was a reason for all of it right so now I get to share my testimony so like if someone else is going through it like no it's not fun to be like oh I had problems as a kid but you know like some people will be like what problems like you you didn't do anything you were a good kid other people will be like oh I didn't know she was like that but you can't worry about those things right like I can only Mm -hmm. worry about if someone else is going through what I'm going through and I haven't said anything like that's horrible then my experience was in vain um I do think that having gone through all these things and with my personality, like I wouldn't typically talk about these things, but I think God has now got me to a place where I can talk about it. Like, okay, being stupid and not eating, right? Um, Yes, it was because of all the pressures around me. Yes, my mental health was in a bad place, but it didn't make my scenario any better, right? So, yes, I lost a ton of weight, but then my physical health took a huge toll, right? Um, That I'm still paying for, right? And then, um, 
yes, I got skinny, but then like by the time I got older, I had a baby, gained weight, lost weight, gained weight, lost weight. But unfortunately that body dysmorphia has never left. Like it's still something I struggle with. Mm -hmm. Right. And so people say like, oh, well you had three kids. Like, you know, it's fine. You're a mom. I'm like, just because I'm a mom doesn't mean I want to be carrying around extra weight, you know? So um, I have to be very careful even now that when I want to lose weight, that I don't take it to an extreme. Right. Mm -hmm. And even things like intermittent Mm -hmm. fasting, fasting in general, like I have to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons and that I'm not counting the weight loss. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And that's like, it's so twisted that I have to think like this, right? Like I have to like double check my intentions so that they're not warped. Right. And I'm Mm -hmm. literally just now eating the things I should be eating, thinking about nutrition and what my body needs versus how can I get this weight off? And like, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm still just learning those things. So, you know, if I could go back, I'd probably tell that girl, right? Like you're really causing more problems for yourself, taking it out on yourself. Um, But I think at that point in time, I don't know that I would have listened. Did you ever have to worry about relapsing or for your eating disorders and like, would did you have to inform like not did you have to inform like did you tell like your husband like hey like this is what you have to watch out for like if this happens to me I need help kind of thing or like how did you handle the situation oh yeah anyone in your life wait to add on to that sorry how did you have that conversation with Justin like hey I have an eating disorder and this is something that I still struggle with so by the time I met him so okay so the flip side of my like dark two years of like wanting to kill myself one night I was just so depressed guys like I literally was like there's no way I'm making it to the next morning and I might have told you guys this at church and stuff but like I literally thought that night I was gonna kill myself um and I felt like there was this dark spirit or like um you know, the Grim Reaper at my door, my door was closed. And I had been so mad at God that I wasn't praying, right? And, but I was petrified. I was, but I felt like, I don't know if I trust myself to be by myself, you know, and I didn't know if I would make it to the next morning. So um, being so scared that I was going to kill myself, I finally got down on my knees and prayed. And I said, God, if you could just take away this loneliness and this fear um, and just help me make it through the night, I promise I will never think about this ever again. Um, So that's how I snapped out of the depression because I felt a peace like I never felt. I fell asleep, I woke up and I stayed true to to what I promised, right? Um, And after that, I wasn't torturing myself with the food and all that stuff. Like I got better. I was still very conscious. Right. Um, but I think like my whole life changed at that point. Right. Like after that, I, um, was able to like, like my own ministry, right. Kind of develop, like I was in scenarios where I had to deal with, you know, someone who was like having a demonic attack. Like, like I, I, I saw the Holy Spirit work in different um, places of my life and after that I was 
I read the Bible like you wouldn't understand. I spent so many hours in prayer. So by the time I met my husband, um, I was as close to God as I've ever been in my life. So then at that point, mm-hmm. it didn't become like a, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. He knows that I have body issues, but like he, like one, he loves food. He did tell me to talk about him today. So he loves food. So there's no <laughs> way that I can just be like, not. And when he eats it, he makes everything like, look like it's like the best oh, thing he delicious. ever <laughs> His Instagram, I always comment on like, what is this? I want it. Yes. And then my kids will be like, can I have some? So like, I feel like there's just no way. Number one, number two, like, I'll be honest, like when you find the or God sends the God-given man that's supposed to be in your life, like you worry a little less. I don't think it ever goes away, but I do think, and I can't say it won't ever go away. I think through prayer, like all things are possible, right? But I think the fact that he loves me despite so many different things um, makes it a lot easier for me, mm-hmm. right? So if I were to ever get super restrictive I think he'd call me out I think my sister would call me out my mom still calls me out even the way that I am today my mom would be like I see you like not touching that or you know so I think there's enough people but I also know that I've come so far in my relationship with God like there's just no way that I'm going back to being like Mm -hmm. that I mean I can't say I won't Mm -hmm. go through new struggles but Mm -hmm. it won't be that I have a question and I'm gonna try not to Mm -hmm. cry Okay. Because, okay, for me personally, I'm going to talk about my own experience. Um, so 2020, I don't, I wouldn't consider it an eating disorder that I, I had. Um, but like, I did see that I was gaining a little weight. So um, purposely, I like, not purposely, but like, I was like, okay, let me just like, be more conscious, right? Let me, let me like, and looking back now, like, I really wasn't big at all. Like I really wasn't, but like I, I I was like, oh, like I'm gaining a little bit of weight, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, okay, like the, like that's why I say it wasn't really a just eating disorder. And I don't want to claim it as that because I wasn't like intentionally doing this to myself. But I did end up losing 20 pounds within that year. So like I was like, I think what was it, Jay? Like 80 pounds? 80 pounds. So how do you deal with like people like Commenting, commenting on your weight and <laughs> and like still out. being like oh why are you so skinny or like oh my god like you look so thin like oh like oh my god are you not eating and I'm like no and I keep and I try to keep like a happy face and I'm like oh no like you know I'm trying I'm trying to like put the weight back on like you know but like how do would like personally like how do you does that not affect you anymore like do you not care about that stuff because like for me like when people are like oh my god you're so skinny or like oh my god like are you starving yourself I'm like oh my god like no I'm not personally it really like bothers me because I know that I'm very skinny and I'm really trying to gain the weight and it's been such a I'm in a much better place now where I'm able to finally eat because before I wasn't able to eat um Mm -hmm. it was like whenever I saw food I would get nauseous or like I would and it caused me like so many like how you said it causes health problems that like you just want to tell yourself beforehand hey don't do it because you're not going to be well exactly. at the end of it yeah. 
So like, how do you deal with people coming up to you and they're like, why are you so skinny? I feel like that's so valid too, right? Like whether you're heavy or skinny, like you're always going to hear about your weight. And for some reason in our culture, it's like the first thing. I, I was 10 when I first started hearing about my weight from other people. And I, yeah, maybe I was a chubbier kid, but yeah, I was 10 when I had letters coming from my cousins in India, like, hey, I've seen you gain some weight, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, do I have to worry about my weight now? Or like every time I'd go over there, I'd be like, oh, how much do you think you weigh now? And I'm, it was, it was traumatizing. And I guess, I guess I didn't realize that was before I had an eating disorder. Um, but I think that's how we communicate. And same, like, I don't necessarily think that my eating habits, I've never been clinically diagnosed as an eating disorder, but I know that I was not eating. But I think there's a couple of things. Like one, yeah, some of these words stay with you, right? I remember after my second kid and I was lighter than I am now, I had an auntie be like, oh my God, you gained so much weight. Um, and in my head, sometimes it comes up and sometimes I think that's not nice thoughts. Um, but I think I just have to remember like, okay, that's, that's your opinion. And then I, sometimes I flip it on them, right? Like, Hey, Andy, you have any curries that'll make me gain weight or lose weight? Or, you know, you just kind of throw it back at them. Um, it's unfortunate that sometimes when people don't have anything else to say, that's what comes up. Um, but I, I have to tell you, like, sometimes it's people's own insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe that auntie thought I was too heavy, but my husband thought I looked great. Or maybe that was a good weight for me where I, I felt okay, you know? So, which is funny, because I'm just trying to get back to that weight now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I noticed, like, the other thing is, right, when I was young and going through this, and I'm not going to tell you all my weights, but I thought I was heavy. Mm -hmm. Then I got married and I lost weight for the wedding back down again to not healthy weight. And um, because I thought I was heavy, then I got married, gained some weight. I still thought I was heavy. Then I had a kid, gained 10 pounds, lost some weight, had another kid, gained 10 pounds, had another kid, gained 10 pounds. Each time I thought I was heavy. But to be honest, I'd give anything to go back to any one of those numbers now. <laughs> You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like, it's just a play in your mind. Like you really have to know what it is that you believe and what you think and everybody else's opinion doesn't matter because they don't need to look themselves in the mirror at the end of the day and they don't need to live inside your brain. So don't mm -hmm. give them the room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think like now it's much better when I hear the words because I'm like, okay. But like when I was going through it, and like I had just lost the 20 pounds it was very obvious that I got very skinny so I think that was really when it kept like affecting me I mean nowadays of course I still hear it like I'm pretty sure everyone has been in the room with me someone else probably saying it and hearing someone tell you say it to me and like it's like oh like I feel like sometimes you don't think it bothers me because like people only think like oh like when it's like rude to ask someone why you're gaining weight you know mm -hmm. but like on the other that's why also mm -hmm. like in the beginning like I didn't want to say anything because I was like oh like okay I'm like I know I'm skinny but like whatever it's fine but then at the end of the day like I was like really struggling with something it was just like you know those days when you're just not in the good mindset and then like yeah. that one person just says it and you're like ah. 
like why'd you right. have to do it and like I think that was when it was like really hard and, I, and again like that's why you said like you just have to know that that's their opinion and like you you know what in your head what's going on so you need to like your identity in Christ like that's why like I'm very happy you brought that up because that was very important and very key to like how to get through these things like knowing who you are in Christ and knowing that no matter what anyone else is saying you have your relationship with him so I think that's very important so yeah and I think that the other thing is right whether it's that you gain or lose weight it's that somebody's pinpointing something that they think is wrong in you Mm -hmm. and I think that's hard right because we're probably our worst critics already and then to hear someone outside of ourselves give something that's not a compliment or at least what we receive is not a compliment I think is hard because like the funny thing is like even when it comes to like personal or inner inner personal conflict right most people are doing things or saying things with the best intentions but one we don't know what they're going through and two they don't know what we're going through and communication is supposed to be a way to bridge that gap but unfortunately right words hurt Honestly, like I think my mom really helped during this time because she knew what I was going through. So mm-hmm. when any whenever anyone was like, "Oh, like you're so skinny," she'd be like, "No, I think she looks fine. She looks perfect. She like, mm-hmm. oh, she doesn't need to gain any. Like she looks fine the way she is." And like she would like like oh, like make the conversation go the whole other way. So I like she knew that I was I didn't want to answer those questions. So I think like even like how you said communication like even though like a lot of people we don't communicate I think it's so important too because like because I had the communication with my mom about what I was going through and even like my sisters they all knew my dad knew I think because they were knowing what I was going through they were able to help me in those situations where I couldn't speak for myself you know so I think and if anyone's listening going through this or even you girls like whatever if anyone's going through something like communication with at least a few people is so so important because you have people fighting for you even when you can't fight for your own self you know so that's awesome thank you for sharing that can I just say something I feel like I feel like as girl slash woman right no matter how old or how young you are for some reason we always like compare ourselves to Mm -hmm. like our group of friends like with like the girls in our group of friends or even like in our community so I don't I, you could be the skinniest girl but that skinny girl will look at that curvy girl and be like oh I wish I had her body no for her. and like and like and then the curvy girls are all on the other side be like you don't know what you're saying because I would give anything to look like the way you look Right. And it's yeah. just so frustrating to me because I'm just like, I can't understand why we can't just be happy how we look. Like, why is our mind just like, no, I must look the way the that somebody else. Beauty. It's just so mm-hmm. frustrating to me. It's like, I, I want to look the way that somebody else looks. I'm like, no, no. Like, you got, like, God made you. God made your body. God made you from head to toe. You are beautiful and you should accept how you look and I feel like it's not just girls I feel like Mm -hmm. guys go Mm -hmm. through this too yeah like it's not just girls out here a hundred percent yeah I do feel like it's like um 
like I'm not bashing our community at all I think our, our community is great but I feel like uncles and aunties and everyone in this community like there's like a certain standard of like what every and like for some reason mm -hmm. they all also feel like they have they're like oh like I can comment on it because like they I don't know why I mean mm -hmm. they, they like I don't want to say like they're doing it with ill like you know ill intention yeah they they don't they're not doing it with the wrong intentions like it's just like they're they think that like with what them telling me oh you need to gain more pounds or you them telling someone oh you need to lose weight it's helping they they really do think it there it's, so it's it's not I'm not blaming them for it but I'm just saying like I think that also adds to it hearing a bunch of comments or like even when you go to your Christmas when you haven't seen everyone in a year and then they're like oh what happened to you in the year that I saw you like you gained so much weight you lost so much weight you look so darker and much darker you have so many pimples on your face you know like it's because life is rough leave us alone yeah because in this like community like they'll they'll just bring it up there's no filter there. Yeah. There is no filter. Um, I wanted to just touch on one thing that you guys were saying. So, and I think this is actually really important. So the one thing with all of this, right, with mental health to keep your eye on, or in this case, your ear out for is a lot of the thoughts that we have that are destructive are not necessarily mm -hmm. from us right? It's not the Holy Spirit telling you these things, right? So I'll give you an example. So we talked about depression, we talked about suicide, and you see that I sought help because I didn't want to be in that place, right? So my soul and my spirit did not want to be thinking the thoughts that I was thinking. But even like little things that I noticed, and it, it, it really is the enemy trying to get into your head, like putting these like thoughts in your head and making you think that they're your own. Like, there are times when I'll be working and it's crunch time. And during those times, like mm -hmm. I'm working 16 hour days. Right. And this thought occurs to me and it's like, oh, you're depressed. Right. Like out of the blue. And I'm like, before I'd be like, man, this job is making me depressed. But now I'm like, oh, I'm not depressed. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. There's a lot of work that needs to get done right now. I have adrenaline coming out through my ears. Like I just am dealing with work, right? So you have to reframe a lot of the negativity that is in your mind because they're not necessarily mm -hmm. true to yourself, right? Like they're not authentic thoughts that you're having. They're, there's a book from um, Pastor Furtick that says it's called uh, like crush the chatterbox or something like that but it's this all this negativity that's in your head that you think is yours and it's not and and one of the ways to counteract that is to reframe the thoughts and also to go back and be like well what does the bible say right like what does the bible say that I am what does the bible say about my mind what does the bible say about my body um, and I think you have to actively practice that because I think even with this job that I'm working now, if I didn't actively practice it, I think there were months where I actually felt that way, right? Like there's no end in sight. Like this is just going to be difficult forever, da, 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 da. But I had to say like, no, that's not true, right? That thought I'm thinking right now, that's not true. Um, and then use other words to describe what's actually happening so that you can come to terms with it. Mm -hmm. It's weird to think that your thoughts are not your own, right? I think that itself sounds like a mental health issue, but I do think that, right, like, um, and I'm sure like our pastors could speak to this better, but right, the Bible 
says like the enemy, right? The, the, the controller of this world, the ruler of this world. And a lot of it has to do with like, this is gonna sound weird, but like the air and like it, it's like the way that he, his realm is, right? The way that the spiritual um, warfare is like, it's not flesh and bone, right? Like it, it, it's, a, it's a spiritual thing. So I do think that a lot of that played into what I went through, right? Because I think what the enemy doesn't want Mm -hmm. us to know is who we are, right? Who we are in Christ. If we understand that we are made in the image of God, right? Number one. Number two, that we are God's children, that um, we um, are an heir, right, to the kingdom. Imagine how powerful Mm -hmm. we would be right? But instead, our minds are just so busy thinking about what do I look like? What do others think of me? Like, I'm so messed up in all these ways. But if we were actually equipped Mm -hmm. with the word in our minds, right? And actively using that and being empowered by the Holy Spirit, think about how effective we would be in this world, right? But at a young age, these things like you deal with, and even as you get older, because it takes you away from where you should be focusing. And that's all the enemy wants. It doesn't even matter like what the issue is, he knows what's going to work where. Um, But that's why it's so key, right? Even when you're mad at God, go back and talk to him, tell him you're mad at him. That's okay, right? Like, always just keep going back, because that's the only way Mm -hmm. to overcome it. Right? And I think, the stronger the, the adversities you face sometimes, I, I do think the bigger, right, the, the callings. Like I even know like in, in our, even in our church and our pastor's lives, like anytime pa- like pastors want to have a certain meeting, right, then their whole family gets sick or like something crazy happens. And I know even for us, like anytime I remember like a couple of years where I had to lead, for some reason, my kids would be fine. And then in the evening, right before I have to prepare, like my kids would have an ear infection and be screaming the whole night. You know, so there's a lot out there that we don't see in the natural um, that is still going on and that we have to be aware of. And I think sometimes, though, you know how you were talking about the media, like we have access at our fingertips that kind of numb us, right, as we're scrolling along to what we really should be doing and how we really should be thinking, because it's, it's, it's supposed to be to prevent us from our calling and our purpose. Kind of going off of that, this might be a little bit controversial. Well, not really controversial, more Christian-based question. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So do you think like when we're dealing with mental health issues, is it more of a physiological issue? Like it's something like hormonal imbalance or something in our bodies? Or do you think like you were kind of saying it's a spiritual warfare tactic that the devil is using against us so um i guess what's to say that it couldn't be both what's to say that the enemy couldn't use something physical or Mm -hmm. you know something tangible right like like that's possible um I do think that there are instances where if you have a certain disposition or there's something hereditary, like that's possible. But I do, I think that when God created us, he created us in his image, right? But then our sin and all of humanity's sin has caused these shortcomings physically, 
right? Like we still get sick. Like before when we were in the Garden of Eden, there was no sicknesses to worry about, right? So our bodies are physically fallen, our spirits have fallen, and we're only redeemed in Christ. So I do think there's both. Um, but I really believe that in the name of Jesus, like anything can be resolved. Um, I think I can't explain any other way that my mm. life changed that night. You know what I mean? And I can't give credit to anybody I talk to or, or anything like that for things to change inside of me. Mm. But, um, you know, if people are born a certain way, like we, we hear plenty of examples in the Bible, right, of how Christ heals. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to say Christ can do anything um, as far as causes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. the expert, you know, from a medical <laughs> perspective or from a <laughs> theological perspective. Um, but I really believe like God's the answer. We need to be better as a community and like equipping our kids with the tools that they need, specifically like biblical. Like it's easy to say like, pray and read your bible but like we need to work as a community to be like like more intentional about keeping our kids accountable to praying and reading the bible and making sure they're spiritually equipped that when or if they do face these issues they know what tools to pull out and be like god told me i'm perfect and i am a child made in his image so get your nonsense out of my head i think that the part that's difficult is to like make sure that people are mm. reading the Bible and praying because how do you ensure that that's happening, right? Like how many times have our parents been like, okay, for me back in the day, right? Like turn off the TV and go pray, go read your Bible, right? And now I tell my kids like enough with the electronics, like put your phone down, go pray and read the Bible, right? But like how many of us actually mm-hmm. listen? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that some of these topics and then backing with the word of God, right? Like is probably the best way to do that. Um, I know that we're trying to do that this year a lot, yeah. actually. So hopefully, you know, that'll help. And I, I just really hope that if someone is going through this, right, that they reach out to someone they trust. And if it's not somebody that they trust, mm-hmm. one of their friends, their parents, somebody to help with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, like, having your identity in Christ is going to help you the rest Mm. of your life, right? When my husband got sick with coronavirus and I didn't know at that point in time, right? Nobody was around. Like if he was going to make it at at a certain point in time, I just had to keep telling myself, like, I know who I am. I know whose child I am. And I know that this is not going to destroy my family. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and I just kept saying like, Jesus, I know who you are. I know that you are too good. Right. And I know that his purpose in my husband's life is not done yet. Like it's not time yet for him to go. So whatever this is, right. Like has to, has to go. Now I think I felt extremely strong at that time. And, and maybe like my immediate family may not have understood that, but I know that that strength came because of years of me going through stuff and having to learn the hard way who God is and who I am right to be strong in that scenario mm-hmm. um because I'm an easy crier right but that night when it's just me and my husband and he's not breathing properly and the doctors don't believe me and you know like everybody wants me to take him to the hospital and we went to the, we went six times and nobody believed us like what was I going to do other than call on God yeah 
I think that is so important to like, like number one, how you said the identity in Christ, because even how you were saying those suicidal thoughts, like you knew were who you were in Christ. And that was like the one thing holding you back from going through it. And that really saved your life at the end of the day. No. And even mm-hmm. like how you were saying, like, I think what ben- uh, Benita was saying, like, we need to be intentional with um, keeping the kids accountable, but also like being intentional about like how, like what you went through when you were younger, people, you were kind of holding back because you were like, well, not, not, nothing that I'm going through is compared to what they're going yeah. through. So I feel like we need to be intentional about knowing that what people are going through, like that is big in their lives and not dismissing it as like, as if it's nothing because that will yeah. cause them to go back into the shell and that will cause them to like hide it even more because they don't want to open up about their feelings because they're like oh well it's nothing compared to that or I don't want them to think that I'm like a burden so I think we have to be intentional right. about that as well yeah I totally agree I, like I said I remember one scenario where I felt dismissed with the person I was talking to at church because like it's like well you don't really have problems you know um And I just remember like repeating that in my head. Like, I don't have problems. Like, I'm not actually feeling this Mm -hmm. way. Like, I'm not actually going through this. Like, what does that mean? You know, like maybe not compared to what you're going through, but that doesn't invalidate what I'm going through. I agree 100% with that. Um, But, you know, like some of my issues, like we're a little bit psychological and my therapist would be like, you need to drink some coffee or caffeine because it'll help reset your depression. But the caffeine would also affect my anxiety, but but my depression was so bad. So I would drink the coffee to help whatever imbalance was in my head because the coffee would affect my depression and make it better. It's crazy though, right? Like just the fact that what you put into your body has such an impact because even sugar and food can do that to you. I also knew like spiritually, I had to be better spiritually because I was it was a spiritual side too. So it was like this like psychological issue and the spiritual warfare issue, both coming at me at the same time and having to figure out first of all, which one was, which, like, how did I, how do I attack it from both standpoints and both aspects of it? Um, because I, I was confused. And so I did both. I took more time reading the word, took more time, like, understanding who I am who I am in God I took time to reach out to certain people and be like hey I am going through this there are people that would sit on the phone with me all night when I would be going through certain things and pray with me because I I didn't know what else to do it was a psychological and a spiritual issue coming at me at the same time yeah like I'll tell you like now that I'm trying to learn more about this stuff and not be so hard on myself like I realized that there are times when I don't eat breakfast or I'll have a coffee, right? Mm -hmm. And then I get to work and I'm still sleepy. And even my coworkers are like, what's wrong with you? Do you need another coffee? But then I'm drinking like three, four coffees a day. But then I realized like, it's because I didn't eat and my body Mm -hmm. needs to eat and my sugar's probably plummeted and I'm exhausted, right? So like, I, I don't think I realized how much what you put into your body impacts your mood right? Like your energy, how you function. So I do think that a part of that, like I believe it, right? If I drink too much coffee, then I get really anxious. Mm -hmm. But for a while, I didn't realize why I was so anxious. And then I'm like, I'm on my fourth coffee. That's why, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I think that's something that we do have to be cognizant about, right? And yeah, like 
it's all these things. It's what you put into your body. It's what you're feeding your spirit and like what you're telling your mind, right? Like, yeah, it's like, we have to be aware at all times. And I think that sometimes we kind of go into like autopilot. Yeah. I've noticed like, if I don't start off my day with like, even like reading a verse of the Bible or like reading my whole day, my whole mood, like it completely shifts. I will be the most anxious person that day. But when I start my day or like, maybe I don't, sometimes I don't get out of bed when I start my day, but like, if I like, don't get out of bed and start reading the Bible or like praying or doing something, like it sets the tone for my whole entire day of how I feel and like the way I encounter my day and attack everything that I have to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so true. I find that, you know how like we get really busy and sometimes we're like, oh, it's like one of two ways. Either you're really busy and you're swamped and you're stressed out, or you're really busy and you're like, oh, I'm so productive, right? Like Mm -hmm. I I got all of these things done, especially if you're wired that way. Um, I find that the times that I don't spend the time with God, either I end up busy and stressed out or all those things that I checked off feel kind of meaningless, mm. right? Like I, I did so much. I was so productive. Normally I'd be like, oh, that's great. Like I, I got this done. Like, look at me. But enough days without praying and reading the Bible, you start to wonder like, what am I doing this for? Like, mm-hmm. why am I expending all this energy? It doesn't feel rewarding like it used to. It's because it's in God you find your purpose. It's God who, you know, directs you. And it, mm-hmm. he, he has given you certain gifts and certain talents. But if you're not reconnecting to the source, mm-hmm. like you're not filling your cup, you can't keep pouring out. Yeah. You know, and then everything just becomes overwhelming and meaningless. Again, I talked about it last season. And I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it's so important to have conversations Mm -hmm. within your community and within your circle about these things. Because I feel like even with even with our own group, like I feel like the five of us, sometimes we're just so like so busy with our own lives that we don't get to just be like, hey, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? Like, it's just so important just to check up on your people sometimes and then it'll make a difference. Um, to that person's day or to someone else's yeah, day. Yeah, so. having intentional relationships. Yeah. That's like super important is what I'm learning from this podcast. Be like, like, don't just like be friends with somebody to be friends with them. Be friends with them because you want to pour mm-hmm. into their life and they should be pouring into your life. I totally agree. Yeah, That was good. Yeah, that was a good podcast, huh? yeah forget forget whoever's listening to this it was good yeah i think we all needed to hear that yeah thank you for listening to this wonderful wonderful podcast episode we are so thankful for ashley churchy for joining us and sharing with us and letting us be a little bit vulnerable and telling us that it's okay Mm. to be vulnerable and talk about these things thank you for listening please follow us on instagram spotify apple Podcasts, um, amazon music and youtube and guys if you could send us questions or comments um you can use our go through our dms or you can even click um, one of the links and do it anonymously we would love to hear from you guys and if you guys have any stories or um any topics that you guys 
want us to talk or about. Or just somebody, if you just need somebody to talk to. Yeah. We are here. You have five best friends, all right? Thank you for coming on and sharing. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah.